0: Follow your gut because even when it seems like it might not be the right thing to do or the opposite of what security may feel, if you are feeling driven to start your own business and do your own thing and take control of your own life, then it's the right path.
1: Welcome to the All About Digital Marketing Podcast, a show that dives into the best strategies, tactics, and tools for entrepreneurs and marketers looking to exponentially increase their results online. Hey there, welcome back to All About Digital Marketing. Today, we have a special guest, Tyler Narducci from the Done For You Agency Program. How's it going, Tyler? It's going well. How about you? It's going great. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So do you want to give us kind of a a quick rundown about what your business is and what you tend to do to to help people and we can kind of take a deeper dive from there?
0: Absolutely. So... uh... I uh, am a digital marketing agency owner myself. I started my own digital agency uh, back in 2015. Uh, grew that up from 2015 to uh, 2019 over the course of those four years. Uh, and then in 2019, I shifted to helping entrepreneurs basically do what I did, but faster than I did it, right? So I help uh, digital marketing agency owners, online freelancers, digital marketers, um, and, and new agency owners launch and scale their digital agencies.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, agencies are such a, a a wide field for people to be in. So I'm sure that you yeah. have kind of an unlimited, unlimited market. And especially, you know, with the you know the sort of feeling of the market changing right now, it's like people get kind of nervous about what to do next or how to scale their agencies or how to start an agency. Uh, it seems kind of like blue sky. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, it's saturated. But at the end of the day, like there
0: are, you know, So many millions of businesses out there, and they all need marketing. And in 2022, they all need digital marketing, right? So there's just so many, there's so much potential um, that the work never dries up, right? And there's not enough good agencies. I say good. There's not enough good agencies out there uh, to meet the demand. And so, you know, my mission really isn't to just crank out digital marketing agencies, but it's to make the industry better with good agencies uh that are providing great work uh that their clients love
1: i think that's a really good point because i think a lot of people that have hired agencies you know ourselves included it's it seems like there's a lot of people that you know have a have a shingle out front that says they do xyz but when you hire them it doesn't always turn out the way that things are promised and you know uh you and i happen to work together right for for some stuff on, on on the email side of things and um off I'm sure you were skeptical even of our product, right? Like do what it says on the 10, you know, and turning turning someone into a true believer is such a powerful thing. I'm always amazed that so many agencies exist that don't really seem to fulfill like truly to the level that they're advertising. So how do you guys take a look at an agency and try to help them understand like, is this something that you can actually fulfill? Do you reposition stuff? Do you try to help them be better at what they do. I mean like what is what is involved there and how do you sort of sort through that because it seems like that would be kind of a tough filter. Everyone says they do amazing stuff, but how do you actually get there or make them, you know, more more reliable at their fulfillment potentially?
0: Totally. So the secret sauce really that goes into it especially for a newer marketing agency owner is linking up with fulfillment Partners, uh, and contractors that aren't so new, uh, at this and really have their processes and their fulfillment down, right? So a path that a lot of newer agency owners get stuck on is, okay, I want to start my agency and I'll kind of do everything all at once. Uh, I'll wear all the hats. I'm going to be my own lead gen team. I'm going to be my own sales team. I'm going to do all my own client work and all my own fulfillment. I'm going to, you know, close all the deals myself and you really you very quickly burn out. Um, and so one of the things that I help you know the agency owners that join the Done For You agency program, with is we partner them with expert fulfillment providers that, um, you know, they're not really interested in going out and getting the clients themselves. They're not interested in the sales section. They're not interested in getting and generating leads. They are just really good at Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO, web builds, or whatever their specific thing is. They're just amazing. Doing the work. (laughs) Yeah. They're just amazing providers. Right. Um, and their pricing is really, um, you know, to be within our included in our pre-vetted contractor network for our agencies, their pricing has to be great. Uh, meaning it's a, it's white labeled pricing so that the agency owner can make profit on it, and then the quality has to be really good as well. So we we vet the contractors in our network for you know their quality and their pricing and of course their experience. So they need to have lots of white labeled case studies. So these newer agency owners can step into the into the ring, use those case studies, have that experience, and then as soon as they land their first few contracts, you know. They have the confidence in their sales process because they know their contractors can provide. Uh, and then this beautiful thing happens when the contractors and the agency provides, right? And they they have a great client um, and the client is happy. They refer that, you know, that agency to their friends and family, they get more clients and everyone is happy. So really the secret sauce is don't try and do it yourself and learn on your clients. Uh partner up with people who are really, really good at this and have already been doing it.
1: I'm so happy to hear you say that because I can't count the number of times that I would see like, you know, in the, and I'm going to pick on a little bit, like the, the ClickFunnels Facebook group is sort of notorious for this, where it's like, I just sold a $15,000 client on Facebook ads. <laughs> How do I do Facebook ads? Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: like, and it's, it's so unethical. Yeah. Like it is so unethical to sell, you know, with the comp, with, you know, and giving this false pretense that you can provide and then trying to figure it out or learn on paying clients. It's just not right. And you don't have to do that. Right, like there are so many great white label providers now. I do understand that it is hard to find great white label partners that provide good work, come in at a good price, uh, have have case studies ready to go from day one. Um, I realize that we'll work with you on strategy and pitching your clients from you all through the sales process. I realize that that is a difficult thing to come by, which is why it's a pillar of my program. Right, That's why it's one of the giant value propositions of my done for you agency program. You don't have to go out there and endlessly look for contractors that you can know, love, and trust uh, with your clients. We have that ready to go for our agencies.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would think that that's probably one of the biggest uphill battles, and that's how you get those situations where people are like, you know, Guru XYZ told me you just go high ticket and you just you know, <laughs> just go so high like,
0: ticket. That's just like such a such a buzz line, right?
1: Yeah, it, and and. and I see why it's positioned that way in the marketplace, right? Because you can understand like e- you can walk some to the math and it's like, you know, it's it's almost as hard sometimes to sell a hundred dollar thing as it is to sell a ten thousand dollar thing. And so you say if you want to acquire a customer, like, you know, you have better margins, yada, yada yada. Like I see how that becomes a seductive thing for, for someone to look at. But if you can't fill it, like you're a fraud. <laughs> so Right. And you're just churning and burning through clients.
0: Like you're and you're not you're not building long lasting relationships that are going to help your agency grow. Like you're just constantly trying to replace the one you just lost because they weren't happy with the product.
1: And that's assuming you can sleep at night with the ethical part <laughs> we just talked about of the fact that you are selling something you can't actually fulfill. A hundred percent. But at the same like I don't even know. Like I have I've been in the digital
0: marketing agency space and like there are a lot of players of all different ethics out there. And it's really sad. And like that's why that even that part didn't even cross my mind. Like it's there are a lot of people out there that can sleep at night unfortunately with that right and so <laughs> it's like maybe we should just instead of pushing that angle it's more like it's more like it's not good for your agency it's not good for the client it's not good for ethics uh it just you shouldn't do it at all
1: yeah and then no one wants to be in a business that like every day you wake up you feel like you're starting over yeah
0: yeah it doesn't it doesn't really make much sense but if you you can avoid all of that like i said by just Linking up with contractors that you know are going to do great work uh, from day one, and just don't even try. Don't even like if you're going to be the agency owner. I always tell my my clients that too. The agency owner is not the fulfillment provider. You're not you're not your own ads team. And if you want to be in ads, that's fine. That's great. It's a great line of work. If you want to be in ads or you want to be in web dev, but that's not the agency owner role. So if you want to have an agency, then you need to learn how to be a CEO. You need to learn how to be the boss uh, that. That you know manages the ads teams, that manages the sales team, that oversees the processes and operations, and looks at the bottom line, looks at you know your your internal costs. That's the the agency owner's role, not the ads manager's role. So it's kind of like just choosing the path that you actually want to go on.
1: Hmm. Yeah, see, that brings up a really good point because I feel like a lot of people that they get into an agency their motivation isn't that they want to run facebook ads right it isn't that they want to do the insert widget here it's it's and correct me if i'm wrong this is this is your area that you work with but like you know we end up with a lot of agencies and stuff using our software and stuff over the years and um it usually feels like people that want to do an agency want to do it because they enjoy uh the the freedom that comes with like having some control over when they work, who they work with, that kind of thing. And then it also comes from just the desire to own and operate a business as more of a managerial role, right? That you've created for yourself and as opposed to wanting to do every little, you know, flip of the switch and whatever else for fulfillment. Cause that may not be where their passion is, even if it's something that they understand and they could be good at, it's probably not the reason they started an agency in the first place is that correct
0: that's correct i think you know there's there's just a few paths you can take like many people and there's absolutely nothing wrong with this in fact many of our our actual white label providers and our our you know pre-vetted contractor network are freelancers they're amazing incredible freelancers right and there's the freelancer path where you are going to kind of you're not going to have a big operation you're going to be capped at your own Daily 24 hour max capacity that you can hold. um, You know, you'll be able to pay your bills. You can have a nice life. You can have the freedom of not answering to anybody or going into an office, which is such a beautiful thing. Like, I, at this stage in my life, I can't even fathom having to go back into a nine to five, right? And a freelancer path, they, you break free of all those chains that, you know, the regular rat race that everyone's trying to escape. So it's a, it's an awesome path. But it has many, many limitations. But if you like the fulfillment, if you're not, you know, super focused on growth, you're all right with paying your bills, you want the freedom, great path. If you want more, if you want more than that, that's not enough. If you do want, you do want growth, you do want to see, you know, six, seven digit possible futures, then you're gonna need to step out of fulfillment. You're gonna need to step out of the the freelancer role. And we work with a lot of digital marketing freelancers that are like, all right. I'm ready to step up in my business and get out from under it because they feel like they're a little trapped there, um and then we have to deal with a lot of um but no one can do it better than me. you know, I'm doing it really well, and you know i these clients are really special to me, and they're my bread and butter, and if I hire this person, they don't do so well, you know, and so there's all those types of transitional things that we deal with a lot, but um but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a a two pass you have to take neither one's wrong but they are very different.
1: Yeah, there's two things that stick out to me from that particular piece. One is, um, you know, a freelancer is basically a job you have control over as opposed to uh, like a a quote unquote business Business. per se. Yeah. Right, because a business is something that should be a sellable asset, in my opinion. Like it should have value to someone else. And I think it's easy as someone who did this at one stage of my life for a brief period of time, to delude yourself as a freelancer that you are a business and a sellable asset, but no, you're, you're a person, you're a hireable asset, but you're not a sellable one. And that's very different delineation. And the second component about like, I totally understand. This is a a general entrepreneur fear of like, no one can do X, Y, Z as well as me. Right? Like, so for me, that's like deliverability management, right? Like making sure email absolutely pops and hits the inbox like, I've spent a lot of time, money, hours, <laughs> you know, effort to create a system that can do that. But, like, I still have this fear oftentimes of, like, well, you know, as someone, you know, like, I think you said your experience was like 20% to 60% open rates, right? It's like, I have this fear like, if someone only got 20 to 50, are they not going to be as wowed? Like, are they not going to be as invested in the relationships? Like, no, dummy. But if you can do, you know, 20 to 50 and you can do it for, A million people instead of a small subset, that's a more valuable thing. And so I think about like, same is true of sales process or support or whatever. It's You don't need one person to replace your output necessarily. If you can get five people to do it, half as well. You've still increased your output, increased your success rate. And that's such a hard thing for entrepreneurs to let go of. Huge. I mean, you're you're down the path. You probably still struggle with it to some degree, I'm sure.
0: Oh, yeah. I actually... um, One thing that I did not personally let go of until, I would say, um, late last year, Um, so almost a year ago now is when I fully let go of it. But I mean, I had had my agency since 2015. So I held on to this with a death grip um, for six years. And I just started seeing, cause my own attention was getting pulled in so many other directions, but I, I held its death grip on managing my own ads for my own agency, uh, and the, and the program as well. So we run a lot of ads for the program to get applications in and, and, and have people booked in, uh, to speak with us. And I've been running, running that myself for, you know, as long as we've been around. And my attention was just getting pulled in so many different directions that the quality, um, the cost per, uh, you know, per lead and was that going up and everything. And so I was just like, um, should have brought in a professional ad team. I literally teach this all day, every day. And I still had a death grip on it. And I finally let it go. Uh, brought in an ad team. Best thing I ever did. They've been amazing. They've done so well. Um, and you know, it was just one of those things that your ego is in the way and you're like, you know, I, I nobody can do it better than me. So I kind of, I know, I know exactly how it is for a lot of agency owners. And I tell them just expect, just fully expect a dip like if you're just ready for a dip in performance, but that it will pick back up, that they will get the hang of it and they will eventually, if you hire the right person, be better than you were, then you understand that even if it is a dip, the time and freedom that you're giving yourself by stepping out of that process is going to allow you to grow the business so much faster.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a perfect example. I'm so glad that you you shared that story, you know, because cause as you said, you, you taught that, right? And it's, it's so often, you know, the... the the term, you know, it's like the the cobbler's kids have no shoes, right? Because cobbler is a shoemaker. Yeah. It's, it's it's so often true. It's like, you know it works. You do it day in and day out for everyone else. And it's it's similar to like, you know, wh- when we have a problem in our business, it's really hard for us to look at it and come with a creative solution to get out of it. But you look at someone else's businesses because you're looking at it from a fresh perspective, fresh eyes. It's glaringly obvious usually what the problem is. Yeah. And so trying to have that self-reflection is is a big piece of it and and being able to let go because that's where the growth happens, right? Because you're you're letting someone else take over and eventually, like you said, it should exceed. But the other thing too is, I guess, setting expectations, right? Like if you expect a dip, anything above that is gravy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And also, but like when you do kind of let go of the process, like not micromanaging them, like letting them kind of you know, really own the process and really own what you were doing and, and, and allowing them that autonomy to be better than you were is really
1: important. For sure. So since you tend to work with a lot of people, would you say it's fair to say it's a lot of freelancers that are trying to make that jump? Or is it people that are looking to start an agency for the first time? Which, which one of those two cases is more common?
0: The three main uh, people that we work with are going to be freelancers looking to make the jump people who are starting out from scratch, they're like the online entrepreneurs that see the opportunity in the market and then the third is existing digital agency owners that are stuck and they're not they're not scaling their systems aren't down uh, pat so they need help, you know, installing a more proven system to to scale. Those are kind of the three core types we work
1: with. Okay. So what 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 kind of decisions does let's say the freelancer have to make? Um, or like what kind of questions and conclusions do they need to come to where they say, yep, this is definitely like I'm, I'm ready to make the jump like this tells me I should make the jump. What are those key questions that you would ask someone that was in that freelancer position? Because I assume it's not for everyone, because like you said, some people may really enjoy the the full creative control and they're happy with whatever ceiling they've found because gonna they're going to find one. And that's not a slight, that, that's a natural evolution. What would you tell someone to help them work through that? Should I or shouldn't I make that kind of next step?
0: Yeah. So first and foremost is: Am I happy with my current growth? Right. Am I am I where I want to be right now? And if I'm and if I'm not where I want to be, am I going to be there without some type of change in what we're doing? Right. Like I feel like in a lot of sales processes you'll be talking to the client, and this is for agencies talking to their businesses that they're helping as well, like across all sales processes. There will be this weird pushback from the prospect on, Oh no, but I'm kind of good there. Like I'm kind of good there. Like I don't really need that. And then you're like, Oh, you you are okay. So why are we actually on this call? Right? Because this is most of them are inbound calls. Like they knew there was a problem. That's why they saw your ad. They booked in to speak with you because there's a problem that needs to be solved, right? And then there's this natural gut thing that happens on calls where they push back. They're like, oh no, I'm okay. Are you sure you're okay? Why why are we actually on this call? And what what made you book in the call is a good is a good place to go next in that process um, to kind of dig a little bit deeper on that. But once you finally get to the point where yes, I'm not happy where I am. I do want more growth. Then. In terms of my program, the next questions go into more of the three, the big three. I call them the our big three. So the big three things that we solve in the Done For You agency program are lead generation. So are you getting leads? And are they are they steady? Are they high ticket? Are they quality leads? Um, that's the first question.
1: Yeah, consistent and qualified are probably the
0: biggest pain points, right? Consistent and qualified leads. Are you getting that? If you're not, okay, there's an issue that needs to be solved. One of the main things that we do is we install agency lead generation systems so that they can get consistent quality leads. Okay. The second one would be uh who's doing the fulfillment in your agency? Right. And then that kind of goes back to our our conversation earlier. Is it you and do you know what you're doing? Uh or is it someone else and how are they doing is the question. Um, and oftentimes, you know, if it's someone that's brand new, it's no one's doing it yet. And I didn't have the plan for that yet. Right. So we may be talking to someone pre that click funnels. Group post, right? <laughs> Which is a great thing. If we can catch somebody before it gets to that point, then fantastic.
1: And to be clear, I'm not trying to like totally tear anyone down about the group thing. I just, I just see the same thing and it's like, oh man, please just, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, not
0: at all. And in, and in fact, I'm actually a huge ClickFunnels fan. I love ClickFunnels to death, uh, but I get the, what you're talking about with like the entrepreneurial uh, community. And then the third, the third bucket. So we have, we, we do lead generation. We do fulfillment with expert contractors. And our third bucket that we help people with is sales. If you're getting leads, if you are able to fulfill, are you converting your leads into deals? And if the answer is no, then we have another problem. If you can get, all, if all those three things are yes, happy with my growth, have, have plenty of leads. I'm fulfilling and we're sale, we're selling. Then it's probably not a best fit for us. Like you're doing good. Keep it up. Right, uh, but if you're not, if one of those three three things is not, you know, a yes, then there's a there's a problem in the system, and then our program can help
1: out. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it sort of boils down to the real thing. Like, do you have the systems in place to get growth if that's what you desire? Right. Because right. if, if the answer is you don't really want growth and you're happy, then like you said, like why are you on the, why are you on the call kind of thing, right? Like keep keep rocking. You know, keep keep yeah. doing you. <laughs> that's totally <laughs> exactly. fine. But, you, but if you're interested in growth, I totally agree. Those three things make a lot of sense on the pipeline about if any one of those three things is broken,
0: then it doesn't work. Right.
1: You have to have, you have to have all three. If you don't, it's not going anywhere. For sure. I'm sure there's all kinds of car analogies you could use about not having gas or being in the right gear or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: there's a, There's a million analogies and it's, it's, it's really frustrating for a lot of agency owners because, you know, I've talked to agency owners across the whole spectrum. They I've talked to agency owners who are incredible closers, like they could sell anything, but they don't have any leads. They have no one to sell to. It's a really sad story. Same thing with uh tons of leads but can't sell anything to anyone. That's very common um as well. Uh and then of course, you know, no leads. There's <laughs> there's that's yeah. not going anywhere. So oh yeah. wait, no, there will be uh, the fulfillment. no fulfillment. Yeah. So and then of course there would be, you know, the one we talked about earlier where they're trying to do it themselves and it's not
1: working out. Because they don't have the skill set, perhaps. And that, and that's that's fine, but there's lots of people that do that like you said, they aren't interested in the, the minutiae of of the prospecting or the closing or the even necessarily the support. They just want to they wanna do the thing, right? <laughs> and they wanna get paid for it. Yeah. Okay, and then um, for the agencies that are that are looking to scale, I guess it's really still the same three questions. What is the most common thing that you think is stalling out an agency? Like, where where are they most commonly hitting a ceiling and not able to to grow up beyond a certain point?
0: Um, generally, that those two, those two stalling points are going to be on lead gen or fulfillment. Either they Are you know selling and they're getting leads, but like their team is maxed out and they're trying to hire and train, but they're not able to do that fast enough and also retain their help uh, long enough for them to continually grow. And so that that continues to be a a big point for a lot of agencies. And then also on the lead gen side, if they do have you know access to more like expandable teams, quickly expandable teams like we have, then I find that a lot of agencies, a ton of agencies bang their head against the wall on lead gen, which is really ironic because one of the biggest things that agencies do for their clients is provide them leads. Uh, and you find a ton of agencies have, sh- have
1: big struggles on getting leads for themselves. Right back to the cobbler's kids have no shoes all yeah. over again.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would say the two biggest sellout points are going to be on fulfillment and, and lead generation as well.
1: Yeah, because I guess it, if you're at a certain level with an agency, you probably are pretty good at closing, right? Like, yeah, it usually just comes to bandwidth of the team or inflow. Just you need right. add bats, right? And it's
0: so sad when you see an agency that has a ton of like really qualified leads, but they just don't have the capacity to bring them on. And it's like, ugh. because you can close them, you have them, they want to join, and you cannot fulfill because you just don't have the the capacity, right? I also see a lot of agencies that. I personally find that they have set themselves up wrong. Like they so my my like tried and true way that I I fully believe is the best way for an agency to grow, uh, you know, more grassroots style is to partner up with contractors, white label fulfillment providers and grow that way because it gives you that that expandable resource that you can give a per project to. And the beauty of it is you don't have to pay them until the client pays you. So they're completely Mm -hmm. covered. There's no upfront costs where some agencies, they try to do it in in the same way that other business models are built uh, outside of the agency world. So they want to hire an account manager. They want to hire an ads person Mm -hmm. and they're paying Mm -hmm. salaries that they may not be able to pay yet because they don't have the clients yet. And then they're scrambling to close deals and get those leads in the door to pay for these liabilities that they put in their business um, prematurely. Right. So that's a problem too.
1: I mean, that's great if you're a VC funded startup, right. And it's like, you just want to build for the growth that you think is going to come. Right. Like build dreams style.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But the beauty of the agency model is you don't have to do that. Like you almost, you can bootstrap this business model so well. And you don't have to pay people until you have the clients in place to to pay for them. Now you do need to take the time out and either join a program like mine who's going to give you access to these people so you can meet them, have the confidence, build your team out and have them ready to go. Because I wouldn't recommend that you go out and sell a package and then scramble to go find that fulfillment team either. You need to have those people in place.
1: Yeah, it might it might take too long. And, you know, you, you haven't have time to vet them, whatever. And then the person who paid you is like, "Dude, it's been two weeks. Exactly started. <laughs> exactly. So you never want
0: to be in that position either. Even if you are following the the white label path, you want to have those white label people in place, ready to go. I'll call you when we close the deal. Right? I know what the pricing is. I know how the onboarding goes, and I'm ready to go from day one. Um, that's why you know it's it's the first step, really.
1: Plus, you need to have an idea of what your costs are going to be up front so that you price it appropriately for the for the sale, right? Because if you think, oh, I'm pretty sure that someone will do this for, let's say, two grand and I can charge four, and then you go to to have them do it and the real costs are five. Well, uh (laughs) uh-oh.
0: And I've and I've seen
1: that. And it's it's
0: wild to me. I'm like, why wouldn't you go just take the time? And and people don't realize like these freelancers and the white label providers, they are more than happy to sit and talk with you, share their pricing. Get, you know work, partner with you, give you their case studies so that you can use them, of course, not using the actual business names like their white labeled case studies, so that you can bring them work because what a sweet gig for them. They don't have to pay for any marketing, they don't have to close any leads, they don't have to generate any leads, they just get work coming from you. It's an amazing gig for them, right, so they're happy to sit with you and and meet with you and and partner up with you prior to you bringing in those leads, but you need to have that actual conversation
1: yeah, build out the framework, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and from the service providers, you know, point of view, like you said, it's a pretty sweet gig. It's it's basically cost of acquisition of zero, right? Because you're like, this is our price. Yeah, you know, take it or leave it. And if you bring someone, you know what the price is. It's we're not here to haggle. It's just like this is the deal, and you should go with charge more than this. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things, so one of the ways that we keep our
0: pre vetted contractor network for our agencies so strong is we're constantly recruiting and vetting people for it at all times. And we're also taking, we also take um, requests, like special requests from our actual agency members of, hey, you know, I had this project, I need this type of freelancer or contractor, and they're not on the list. Not, I found one, but I didn't really like their pricing or, or whatever it is. We'll go out and recruit another one just to add more in that niche or whatever that they're looking for. So we'll take special requests from our actual agency members. But we also... We also have a cold email campaign going out at all times where we, we do a lot of cold email outreach. And our pitch in the cold email outreach is actually not for the program. Our pitch in our cold email outreach is to be a member of our pre-vetted network and we target freelancers and digital marketers and they respond positively in droves. It's a very successful cold email campaign. Because if you're a digital marketer, SEO specialist, and you get an email that says, you know, hey, we have a program where we would like you know to vet you to possibly get a bunch of work from all of our agencies. Is that something you'd be interested in? And if we get a ton of positive responses from that, we vet them to go on the list. And then we also ask them, hey, now that you're on the list, you're going to get some white label work. Are you also interested in possibly starting your own agency and growing out of freelancer, you know, the freelancer space. And that's also very successful as well. So it's like this really cool ecosystem that we're building up.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fascinating because it's a two-sided marketplace, right? Yeah. And th- those are always interesting to me. So my, <clears throat> my previous software platform was a contest platform called Contest Domination, which actually just sold at the beginning of the month uh, after uh, a little over 11 years. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, and one of, one of the case studies that we had, there was a two-sided marketplace. And I always find it interesting how businesses fill that, right? Because you have very different constraints about how you acquire a, say a service provider versus say a buyer, right? And so like this one in particular, it was, it was a marketplace that matched, uh, wedding photographers with people that need wedding photographers, Right. And so it's like, how do you find photographers? And like, there's a whole strategy there. They like cast it a wide net. They actually gave away really nice cameras. They had them answer a questionnaire. What kind of photographer are you? Right. I'm a, I'm an amateur, intermediate, professional, and professional wedding. Right. And so then they could still monetize the other data, but then professional wedding would then get the pitch after entering about, hey, we actually have this marketplace where you can then get hooked up with people that are you know, getting married. And then they'd run also contests about, you know enter to win uh, you know david's bridal gift cards and that kind of stuff people that are in that because it's such a, a time sensitive thing right for them it was like how do you match people that are getting married right now because as soon as they're married it's game over right? like they don't need your services anymore so it's just a very complex marketing problem and it took a lot of scale to get it filled and so those those kind of problems have always stuck out to me as a really interesting thing and i think your approach of saying hey we've got business we want to send you is is fantastic. Um, I'm assuming you may have worked a little bit with with Mike, Mark on that, uh, probably. I don't know. But I actually told him about
0: I mean, yeah, we we did talk, we were working on that a little bit, and then I told him about uh the the strategy. He loved the he loved the pitch. Uh, so it was, it's it's been a really cool it's been a really cool angle. Um, rather than just like trying to sell your services up front. It it goes back to what a lot of digital marketers and you know the gurus talk about, which is leading with value and you know, w- leading with, hey, I want to bring you work first, and then saying, hey, do you want to build more up, you know, your own business even further? Second, uh, it's a much smoother uh, pitch than, you know, just leading with, hey, do you want to join the program?
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, I can't count the number of cold emails I got, that it's like, I'm an XYZ developer and I would, you know, love to do mobile development for you or something. And here's my prices. And it's like, I'm never in a million years going to respond to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At best, if we happen to be hiring, I say, here's a link, you can go apply for our coding test. But um, it's mostly, it's just delete, right? Because it's, there's nothing there for value for me as a recipient about what does that do for my business? You're just basically saying, will you please pay me some money?
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I had one pitch from and I could tell he was a really young guy like he he was he was young but he was like super hungry and he was uh, a video editor and he he saw my ads and he wanted to create for me a new ad and he he sent me a cold email where he pitched you know the scene the setting how it would work and everything and I read through it and it was and he was just like um and I'll only charge you like three hundred dollars for it, and so it was just like it was really low. And he was going to use professional equipment. He just really wanted uh, the foot in the door kind of thing. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, let's go for it." And I, it was one of the only times that I just responded back to a cold email. I was like, "Sure, show me what you got, send me the invoice, and and, let, and let's see it." And it turned out really good. I was like, I was really impressed. I was like, wow, this kid, this kid really does what he was doing. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely, you know, be giving him some more work and 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 building more video ads with them. But you know. It's rare. It's rare that those come through.
1: Yeah, but it, it, it has to grab you right at the beginning, right? And like, he obviously had a compelling thing about what he wanted to do. Usually yeah. it's just like, hey, I would love to make a video ad for you. It's $300. Yeah. It, no, he like probably brought you through a whole storyline and you could visualize it and understand it and, it. and he put effort into thinking it through, right? That's yeah. the thing that's usually missing from cold emails. It's, there's, there's no effort in thinking it through as far as how it's going to be useful what it's going to look like, how it's going to be and that it was customized, truly customized to you as the business that they're trying to pitch. That's such a missing piece.
0: Yeah, there's I mean, you can do mass cold email, but if you're going to do mass cold email, you really need to have something that's going to grab people, like a strong offer. But if you do you you can do more laser targeted email, kind of like what he was doing and, you know, in my program I talk to our agencies about you know, different ways that you can do email. We talk about, you know, mass cold email, but we also talk about, um, more one-to-one and I, I tell them, you know, do a loom, create a one minute loom with you talking over the person's actual website. So they see you, they see their website, like there's no, they hear their actual um, name and they hear their business name being said by you. So there's no doubt that this video was made for them and you'll get, you know, a much higher response rate than, and, and, in most cold mass cold emails, they're going to be, you know, a lot less that you can send out, obviously, because they, they take more time, but uh, they can be a lot more effective in many ways.
1: Yeah, you know, when I think about marketing and acquisition, I would always pick the um, more difficult, more expensive, but way higher value functions over, hey, this is cheap and I can get lots of it, but it it doesn't really produce a lot of results. I think that's a common... For sure.
0: For sure. It's like buying leads versus, you know, a lead generation system that is more targeted. It's going to cost more, but more targeted.
1: For sure. In fact, I think some of our best leads have been exponentially more expensive, but, you know, they convert at such a higher rate. They buy so so much better, such better things. It's, it's not even a competition on what the actual cost per conversion is and the return on investment is. It's usually pretty silly. <laughs> totally. Cool. Okay. And so... Um, Do you have any other advice at this point for, you know, people that are agencies or freelancers or, you know, things that you'd like to share with them, just open-ended?
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, so for me personally, um, in my own growth story, I, you know, I worked for a company that, um, really, really did not Value me and the work that I did back in 2015. And I knew that I was worth so much more. And I knew that I could, you know, I could help so many more people and have such a bigger impact than just sitting in this office chair and only doing, you know, marketing for this one little company. Um, and you know, I felt that in my gut and I was really happy that I, I did follow my gut and, and started my own thing, even though at the time it felt really, scary to do so, but like it felt like, you know, everything that I've been taught since I grew up, like, you know, you want your health insurance, you know, you want that steady paycheck and like the, the paycheck and the health insurance, that's security. Right. And I learned really quickly, uh, that, that was not true. Like I started my company. I, my, had a really short, I had a really goal, a short goal of, I want to make double my income at the, you know, at the salary job in retainer clients and once I hit that goal, then I felt confident enough to tell my boss what I was doing. And after I told my boss what I was doing, the worst case scenario was they say, uh, you're fired and you can't do that here. Uh, and so I was prepared for them to fire me by having my double salary in retainers at that point. But it was my hope that they would retain me as a, my next client, essentially, and let me not work in the office anymore. So I went in with this big pitch of uh, you can pay me. This is my pitch. It, I thought it was actually really good. I said, you can pay me half of my salary, which was already really small, but you can pay me half of my salary in retainer form and get all of the work that I'm already providing you. So less no benefits you have to pay. You keep half of my salary and you get all of my work. The only thing you have to give up is me sitting in that seat nine to five every single day. And to me, it was like slam dunk. Like this is so, there's no way that they can say no to this. It's an amazing offer.
1: It's a rationalized pitch, not an emotional pitch. That's the problem. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And to me, I'm like, this makes so much sense. Like the numbers are amazing for them. It makes so much sense, right? And uh, this is pre-COVID. Like this is uh, like boomers run the world and you know, you're in the office and that's just that. And if you're not sitting in the office, then you're not getting any work done. That's the mentality, right? And so I I I came in, I did my pitch or whatever, and my boss was offended. How dare I do anything with my time other than work for them? Like I I I'm being paid an entire forty-five thousand dollars a year for this. (laughs) I better, I better respect their time, right? And so I just like I'm sitting here listening to it. And so she ended up giving me an ultimatum at the end of it and saying, you can either stay here and work for us and give up Sobe Viral, or you can you know continue on with Soapy Viral and and we'll part ways. And obviously, I I stayed with sobe Viral, uh, <laughs> and I yeah. and I walked out. For those out of you that are listening
1: to the audio, he motioned to his you know Click Funnels uh, two comma I believe right? Yeah, or multiple two commas. Yes,
0: uh, my ten million award up there. Um, so I, I saved us to be viral and I'll tell you walking out of that office that day was probably one of the best days of my life. Like it just like felt like this huge, you know, weight had been released off of me and like that guy just, right? oh, I mean, it was amazing. It, it was amazing. <laughs> like it was like ecstasy. It was amazing. So I, I left there and here's the, the best part of this whole story is two months later, just two months, I get a call from a, uh, the other person that was in marketing at that, at this little company. And she goes, Tyler, you are not going to believe what just happened. I said, what? And she goes, the owner who lived down in Brazil came up, came in and told all 10 of us, there's only 10 of the employees at the time, that the company is closed. Uh, the, everyone is laid off. And, uh, it turns out that the other owner was like embezzling money. And it, it was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a giant like sham. And we were working in this like company that was like not real. And and no one knew all the way up to like the COO who had just got us into Target and just got us into CVS, into Walgreens, on shelves, everything. Like it was just turned out, unplug, you're all fired. Sorry, bye. And I'm just sitting here listening to this and I'm going, oh my God, if I had stayed and gave up my clients and said, this is what I'm going to do, I would be like kicking myself. So... My advice with this story is to follow your gut because uh, even when it seems like it might not be the right thing to do or the opposite of what security may feel, if you are feeling driven to start your own business and do your own thing and take control of your own life, and your gut is telling you that, then it's the right path. Go, go do it.
1: That's such a wonderful story, man. I, I'm so glad that you shared it. And, and you know, one of these days we can have a chat because I have a kind of a, you know a similar story of. When you feel it, you feel it. It's like it's in your bones. When you know that you're not doing the the right thing or the right role, the right company at the right time, like there's just something off, right? Like it's it's not in alignment with what you know you're capable of or what you feel your true calling is, and and getting in alignment with that can be scary, right? I mean, like you know, for me, it was having to tell my you know two month girlfriend now wife, but her, you know. Or her dad, who's like been the same kind of doctor for his entire career, and telling him, "Hey, by the way, I quit my job, you know, that has all those benefits, to go, you know, do work for a best-selling author and speaker, and maybe try to do my own thing for a while and see how it goes, you know." And 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 he re- he recalls it differently, but he's, you know, at the time, I felt like I was getting looked at like a total deadbeat, right? Like, what yeah. kind of idiot makes these decisions, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. And,
1: uh, but but you can feel it, and, and making that leap while it can be scary. You, you you really proved a point, right? Like, I, I, I'm glad that you pulled attention to it at the beginning of the story about the perceived security of a regular paycheck and health insurance. And, you know, what is the, it? It's not really secure. It's, it's sort of like we're lulled into this false sense of security oftentimes about, well, the same money shows up, you know, every Friday, every other Friday, whatever interval it is. And, you know, I've got health insurance if things really go wrong. But, if, if if things really go wrong, it's the business is unplugged and you're out of a job and you're starting over with no warning. You know, and um, hopefully you have some savings. You know, but the average American doesn't. Um, so, yeah. I find true security is having multiple clients all paying you
0: because the chances of all of your clients deciding on the same day to to fire you are just like almost impossible. Like it's not going to happen. Um, now you may have one or two clients that decide to pull the plug on one day, but all of them, 100% of your, of your income? No, it's not going to happen. That's why having you know multiple clients is way more security at the end of the day than having one job. Because that one job is your one client. And you know everyone that worked at this company that I worked for thought that they were on a rocket ship to the moon. Because they were dangling, like they were paying us nothing. Like I said, my whole $45,000 a year, they were dangling these carrots of... You're going to get stock options. We just got into Target. We just got into CVS. We just got into Walgreens. And, you know, you guys are the first 10 people here at this company. We're going to, you, we're not going to give you a, a raise, but we're going to give you stock options. And, you know, the first 10 people at, at Facebook are now all millionaires, da, 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 like all these little carrots that they would dangle. Right. And so these people that stayed in this company, like they felt so secure and their future was so set. And then all it took was this guy to walk in the office that day and say, it's over.
1: Yeah. They didn't realize that the the toilet paper in the bathroom was more valuable than the stock options. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. That's, you know, I I take that story as like, you know, not only a reinforcement of sort of my own personal beliefs, but like, hopefully people hear that and they realize like, you know, take a real evaluation of like where they're at if if they're in a normal job And, 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 and normal jobs are great. Like, if it 's a good fit for you and it 's a good company and you enjoy what you 're doing and you 're well compensated, have at it. but I think so many people, especially in this sort of transition of generations who 's running the show being more open to is the value happening for me? Does they really have to be a w two employee sitting in one chair at one desk? Probably not, and then the uneasiness right now you know you start hearing right now at this point and 2022, you know, towards the end here about, you know, hearing about the, the companies that, that were the rocket ships, right? The, the Facebooks, the Apples, the Amazons of the world are all saying, mm, we're going to cool hiring. We're actually going to reduce some staff. We're going to make some decisions. You know, it may be a rocket yeah. ship. You just might not have a ticket for the ride. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, this has been awesome. I, I think that there's a lot of interesting things, things for people people to think about, whether they're a freelancer or they're an agency looking to break through or they're looking for that, you know, to to kick things off as sort of an initial, you know, first sort of business opportunity and, and not in like the, you know, scammy work from home and, you know, run Excel sheets, but like a true, like I want to build a business, but I don't necessarily have all the pieces and giving them sort of a a blueprint about what they can do uh, on the next steps. If, if someone was interested in, in learning more about, you know, what you brought up today or getting more information or getting in touch with you what's the best way to do that?
0: Yeah, so the best way to do that is to go to sobeviral.com. So that's s o b e v i r a l.com and on there you're going to see, you know, testimonials of clients that we've worked with and and different, you know, case studies and then also there'll be an apply button on there. If you tap that apply button, it'll take you over to our funnel. There'll be lots of information about us and what we do. Uh, and if it seems like a good fit, go through that and we'll talk to you on the other side.
1: Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to do that, yeah, especially even if you already have an existing business and you're thinking about maybe bolting on some services, right? Because I think um, oftentimes there's a good expansion opportunity about like, hey, I do this one thing really, really well, but I know that our customer also needs X, Y, and Z, right? That That's usually an interesting area to, to just basically bolt on revenue. Yeah. And I think it's awesome that you... Because ha- for me personally, like that, that would be my biggest question is how do I get high-quality people that are pre-vetted that I can basically white label and, and do. So that's, that's an amazing service you offer and that's certainly valuable. So go check it out, uh, even if you have an existing business or especially if you're one of the three categories you talked about. Thank you so much for your time and uh, looking forward to chatting soon. Thank you.